Hello, welcome to Two Sick and Naked Healing Out Loud, where we vulnerably discuss the ups and downs of healing from illness. Each episode, I interview a brave guest who has extensive experience with illness and or wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to warrior on as well as highly informed about something new. Hi, dear friends. I have a great episode for you today with Shona Curley, co-owner of Hosti Pilates in San Francisco and founder of Red Kite Meditations, Meditations for Chronic Lyme Disease. I'm excited because I haven't had an episode on Lyme in a while and spreading Lyme awareness and helping people heal from Lyme is very important to me. In this episode, we discuss Shona's neurological Lyme, her symptoms, treatment, diagnosis, and why she's been so successful with her protocols. Thanks to Lyme insomnia, Shona dug into specific meditations to help her sleep, and today, those meditations are available for purchase, and they're awesome. I link to everything in the show notes. The weekly challenge is a visualization meditation on the lymphatic system. You guys, it's awesome, and it just takes a few minutes a day to get your lymph draining better. We get into more detail in the episode. Find me at Jackie on Instagram for updates and follow me at JackieShay.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. Here we go. Hi guys, your host Jackie Shea here. Today I have with me Shona Curley calling in from San Francisco. Uh, She is co-owner of Hosti Pilates, a studio where they focus on embodied anatomy and rehabilitation. Shona has been teaching experiential anatomy through bodywork and movement for 20 years and was diagnosed with Lyme last August after being sick for about three years. This year, Shona launched a new website, which we're all very lucky about, which I will link to called redkitemeditations.com. Uh, she shares her visualizations she used to help herself heal. She also uses body work and movement to work with Lyme disease sufferers in person. Shona, hi. Hi. Wow. So excited to chat with you. Me Actually, too. having gotten to do an episode on Lyme in, in a little while. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to chat about Lyme and healing from yeah. it. So you only got diagnosed uh, last August. Just last August, yeah. That's that's recent, and that's true. and you were sick for three years before. So you've only plus three years plus three years it's plus. Really hard to know exactly. Okay, when started going south. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So what if? If, you know, that was kind of the case, it's been, it's been, you know, something like five years, let's say, that you've been yeah. sick. What was it like before? You've spent most of your life really well. Well, you know, I kind of did spend most of my life really well, and I kind of didn't. I uh, spent some time in India when I was a little tiny baby and picked up a whole host of parasites, um, some of which I think I'm only now getting rid of. Um, so I always had a tricky GI and I was always kind of prone to colds and sinus infections and issues. So I kind of was always dealing with my health, but it was manageable and I could take digestive enzymes and not eat sugar and be okay, you know? Right. And it was, I, you know, I had a normal person's energy. I just had some funny symptoms that would pop up, especially if I was stressed out. So you've always had some tricky immune system issues and then and then when when did you notice a real a real downward spiral well i i had two kids in 2008 and 2010 and i was still running my business full-time and in fact we opened hosti when i was five months pregnant with my second baby and um you know, I was just pushing it a little bit. And then when my second kid was born, he was difficult. He didn't sleep very well. Really, he really didn't sleep very well. And he had colic at first. And he, I, you know, my idea now is that he has some gut issues probably inherited directly from me that now we're kind of trying to handle. But when he was an infant, I, I really didn't, I didn't even know how to test the gut. Like I didn't know about the Genova gut testing or any of that. And it, I just knew he was struggling and it stressed me out. I could just tell that something wasn't right. I knew that his soul was like this gentle, tender, loving being, but he would have these intense fits of rage and screaming. And then he would wake up every hour all night long until he was 18 months old. So 
Whoa. My immune system just got hammered when he was an infant. And I had a two-year-old, two to three-year-old at the same time. And I'm a business owner and I was working full time and trying to run my business. So that's when my immune system started to really suffer. Um, and I had two bug bites in there. The first one, I don't know if it was a tick or not. All I saw was the swelling. I had a really huge reaction. Um, and the second one, I know it was a tick because I picked it off my stomach. So I think I got maybe two different tick-borne sets of bacteria over the course of early childhood. <laughs> and it just was the straw that broke the camel's back. So right around 2013, 2014, I started to get really sick. Wow. Wow, that sounds so exhausting to be... Wo- it was really tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're in Northern it's, California. So those uh-huh. those tick bites were in Northern California. They were, yeah, in Sonoma County. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are under the impression that that um, Lyme disease and ticks aren't aren't in California at all. But actually, it's quite a big deal in Northern California. It is. And it's becoming a bigger deal all the time. Yeah, I can tell you that my Lyme doctor's office is full every time I go in. Oh, who is your doctor? His name is Dr. Greeter. Oh, okay. G-L-I-E-D-E-R. He's awesome. Because I know a couple doctors up there, but I actually, oh, yeah. I don't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Stricker and Dr. Melanie Green. Do you know those? No. No. Um, okay, wow. So when, and it took a long time to get a diagnosis, though. Yes, like everyone else, I bounced through. First, I went the conventional medicine route and you know, they ran a ton of tests and then we're like, you're anxious. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm anxious because I'm dying and I have two tiny children. <laughs> well, what were some of the symptoms that were making you feel like you were dying? Well, at first, mostly it was just like I couldn't ever not have a cold. You know, I just constantly had a feeling that I had a cold or a flu or a sinus infection. And it would resolve and then another one would come on. Like I literally would have, you know, three to four days of feeling like I didn't have a virus and then I would just get sick again. Mm. So that's tough to diagnose, right? And I actually did tell the conventional doctors that I had been bitten by a tick and they tested me for antibodies. And of course that came up negative like most people's do. Right. And then I just shelved that whole concern. I just didn't look into it further, which was an oversight on my part. I should have. Well, we're I have taught friends with Lyme. I should have reached out and looked into it more, but I think I kind of knew I had it and did not want to face it. Mm, totally. I think that we're yeah. taught too to trust the medical system. Oh, for sure. And, and you want to. I wanted to be like, yeah, check. It's not that. Of course, <laughs> you know? of course. And I trusted, I trusted the medical system too until I was treated with thousands of antibiotics and they didn't work yeah. and I needed to find another way. You know, you just, yeah. you don't want to have to do the research and do the work of a doctor because that's the doctor's job. <laughs> and it's overwhelming. You look online and you're like, I don't know be one of a thousand things you know of course and so the flu like symptoms and the and the colds were they were they mimicking a cold and a flu or or did you fully have even no you know honestly I have no idea I don't know maybe or maybe I had viruses that were then made worse because of the microbial issues okay and then what you you were diagnosed with neurological Lyme so what were some of the other the other symptoms you had going well so that was probably I think if I'm getting the dates right it was I think I started talking to medical doctors sometime around the winter of 2014 and then Toward that spring, I started seeing naturopathic doctors, and over this time, my symptoms got worse. So it went from just having lots of colds and what felt like the flu to that getting more and more severe until I had a pretty much a fever constantly, and my gut was a mess. I mean, I would wake up at, you know, 3 in the morning every morning, and my heart would be going 20 million miles an hour. And I would be flooded with adrenaline. Literally, I had, I mean, and these are just the weirdest symptoms to try to describe to doctors who just looked at me like I was insane. I would feel like a mouth would open in my gut and adrenaline would pour out of it. I just remember that that visual and that feeling so clearly. And my system would just, it, you know, it was like having your foot on the gas pedal sitting at a stoplight. My system would just rev up higher and higher. 
until I would have like exhaustive diarrhea and would sit in the bathroom at four in the morning and from like four to six, everything would come out of my body. It was like a home colonic, an internal colonic. Oh my God. And then I would be kind of okay. Um, and I, you know, I had, that was sort of my, my symptom, symptomology for maybe like six months. And then the neurological stuff started in. And oh God, I, it's like hard to even remember because it was so. So, so after the GI symptoms, the neurological Lyme kicked in. What? Yes. Yeah, so even though I was seeing an, a naturopath who was doing acupuncture with me and some herbs for some parasites, you know, it wasn't treating the Lyme. So the Lyme symptoms kept getting worse. And so I'm going to guess by like 2016, but having neurological symptoms that felt it, you know, it just was like crushing anxiety was what it was. It, and it, they would come in waves and then they would go away. And it came along with the gut symptoms. It came along with everything else, but like noise sensitivity, light sensitivity, anxiety, panic, even, you know, all of those horrible neurological Lyme symptoms. Did you have um, depression or? No, no, weirdly, no, I didn't have depression. I just had anxiety. Anxiety. And what about yeah. cognitive impairment, memory? Oh my God, like crazy. Yes, like crazy. Memory, difficulty thinking, brain fog, driving to one place and finding myself at another place. <laughs> And how was your family reacting, your your kids and your husband, to these to these symptoms? It was really frightening. I mean, before we knew it was Lyme or knew that we could do anything about it, it just was awfully ter- terrifying for all of us, you know. And luckily, my kids were little enough that I could just say, "I, you know, I'm sick. I'm having a hard time, so I'm taking time off work." But I was still able to like pick them up from school and read to them and make dinner. So I wasn't so non-functioning that they didn't have a mom. It was more inside me that I knew right. that something was terribly wrong. And my poor husband, too. I mean, I, I, I think it just was so stressful for him. He just had no idea what was going on. And neither did I. And neither did my parents. You know, it was I, I know so many people with Lyme go through that. Right. And were there any naysayers? Was anybody saying you're just anxious? It's just the pe- every conventional doctor. So I just completely stopped even going in. I exhausted their testing. And then I was like, I'm done with them. They just don't know what they're talking about. They, I knew that there was I knew it was either a virus or a bacteria. I could feel that it was an infection. You know, right. I didn't know if it was Epstein-Barr or and maybe it was, but to a certain degree, you know. Of course, of course. So how did you finally find out it was Lyme? Um, I went through two different naturopaths, and the second naturopath worked in a clinic with another doctor, Dr. Greeter, who's a Lyme specialist. And at that point, we were working on my food sensitivities, me and this woman who her specialty was female digestive issues. So still, I was kind of focusing on my gut. Um, and at one point, I ran into Dr. Greeter in the hallway, and I was there to get, uh, I think, an LDI or an LDA shot. And he was like, hey, what are you here for? And I told him, and he just, just it was the way that he listened to me. He looked in my eyes, and he listened to what I said. And I could see his brain going a million miles a minute trying to figure out what might help me. And I wasn't even his patient, you know? And just after that, his energy was just something wonderful that I hadn't yet um, encountered in a doctor. And so after that, I just switched to him. I was like, I don't care. I'm switching to this man. He, he listens and he's smart and he seems like he actually cares. So I started seeing him and he was like, I just, he was like, I have to be careful because I see Lyme everywhere I look, but have you ever had a tick bite? And I was like, yes, I've had a tick bite, but I've been tested, you know, and, and I was also told it was a, you know, a tiny little nymph tick. And I was told that those don't carry Lyme. And he was like, Oh, no. (laughs) No, he was like, we have to test you for Lyme. So that was last August. And he used, did he test you with Igenix? Yeah, yeah. And Igenix for you came back positive. It did, yes. So, wow. It's so crazy how long, I mean, it's so crazy because a lot of people that go misdiagnosed for years and years or months or whatever it is are people that go, I have no recollection of ever getting bit by a tick. Right, 
And right. you're like, I absolutely got bit by a tick. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I pulled it out of my body. Yeah, I know that I was bit. And yeah. doctors were still in total denial of it. They um, just don't know. They just don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's also the gender bias, right? So I think so too. Absolutely. Which, even though my doctor is a woman, she no, yeah, but the like, gender bias affects women, female doctors, of course. I know. It's I crazy. Know it. Yeah. So that's so interesting. So now another thing that you were really struggling with during this time was insomnia, right? Mm, for sure. Yeah. That was the whole wake up at three was an insane gut party. Right. And and how because insomnia is such a such a topic that I love to dig into because it was yeah. one of my biggest symptoms. Yeah. And you are on your blogs, you talk about it as being one of the one of the most horrifying symptoms. I really think it is. At least it was for me. Crippling, because it, you say. Right. Sorry. If yeah. you can't sleep, how are you supposed to heal? How are you supposed to get better? No, I mean, I, I, I 100% agree. And I, mm-hmm. you know, it was definitely one of the most crippling symptoms for me because it's a cycle. It's like you're already anxious. You yeah. already have this disease in your brain. You're already in pain. And then you don't sleep for weeks, months, years. Right, right. <laughs> and the anxiety gets worse. The adrenal glands get more burnt out. Your body gets thrown more out of whack. Your neurological symptoms and your brain fog gets worse. It's just like this vicious, vicious cycle. Absolutely. Um, so what did what were the initial things that the doctor did for all of these symptoms for you? The conventional doctors gave me a medication called Trazodone. That's an antidepressant slash sleep med-, med. And that actually did help a little bit. I mean, it would get me through to 3 a.m. Oh, that's great. Trazodone made me suicidal. <laughs> it did? Trazodone. I, I got yeah. put on all of the sleep meds, every single oh, one of God. them, because I was insane seeking a solution, anything yeah. to put me to sleep. I mean, <laughs> I would wake up in the morning with a nightstand full of like Dramamine, Benadryl, melatonin, oh. you know. I, I just tried all of it. And the Trazodone within a week made me totally suicidal. That's um, intense. It was so it was so intense. <sighs> so you but they're not treating the Lyme. So the doctors are just like, here's something for the insomnia. Yeah, um, they gave me Zoloft and Trazodone. That was as far as I got with conventional doctors. Right. Here's something for your with, anxiety and your insomnia. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you just leave my office? <laughs> and what did the Lyme doctor start doing for you? Well, let's see. So by the time I saw the Lyme doctor, I'd been in and out of acupuncture and um, naturopathic clinics for a while. So I was taking adrenal support and I was taking antiparasitic herbs um, and a whole bunch of, you know, vitamin D and iron and all that other stuff. Um, So when I saw the Lyme doctor, really, we just went after the Lyme and we started with the Buner protocol of herbs, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, like 7,000 different herbs that I still make at home (laughs) i make the tinctures in my office um and i'll probably be taking those for another six months or so and then about five months ago we added pulsed iv antibiotics to the herbal protocol and i just added iv glutathione to that so that's been and and also balancing out my hormones so that's what i've done with the lyme doctor and all of it has helped all of it Oh, yeah. You know, here's my secret. I have a secret. My secret is I talk to a medical intuitive before I get the tests that the Lyme doctor wants to run. And then I talk, I have an appointment with my intuitive on the phone. And I say, okay, here's what came up with the tests. Here's what the doctor's suggesting I try. And she says, your body's not ready for this quite yet. This looks really good for you. You should definitely think about adding this in. And since I started working with her and the Lyme doctor together, Every single thing that I've added in has worked when I've added it in. So it's like it's eliminated that horrible thing that people with Lyme have where the treatment is sometimes worse than the disease if you totally react badly to it. That's so, so this has just interesting. Been amazing. Oh, me. I love it. I'm gonna you can give us the intuitive. You should interview name. her. Yeah. yeah. You should interview the intuitive. She's awesome. Her name's Adrian Fodor. Okay, great. Because I think that yeah. a lot of people might be really interested in that. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, you don't have to do everything that she suggests, but I have to say that she's never been wrong. 
Wow, that's so cool. Um, that's just amazing. And I'll also be linking to the Buner protocol, which I also okay. did for some oh, did time. You? Yes. Yeah. And um, I mean, I did every pro I did everything and anything. Uh-huh. I was like on the <laughs> I was on the hunt. Um, so all yeah. of those things really work for you. And that's great. Uh, and today, what we're going to get into is your meditations, because yeah. you have found a lot of success in in meditation and how how that is affecting your first of all your sleep um Mm -hmm. and you talk about on your blog how once you started sleeping you really started getting better that's the truth yeah and how did you find your way to sleep well so back when i first really started feeling very sick and had no idea what was going on with me um but would get hit by these waves of anxiety and often at three in the morning, um, I found that if, you know, my background is in experiential anatomy coming from dance. And I don't know if you've ever heard of body mind centering or Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen. You ever heard of her? No. Well, she's a real pioneer in the dance world of, um, embodying different systems, whether it's your lymphatic system or your liver detox pathways or your cranial sacral, cranial cerebrospinal fluid system, whatever system it is that you want to focus on, she teaches you to feel it through movement and through a sort of meditative form of body work that she practices and teaches. So I have studied with many people that have studied with her. I've never studied with her directly except through her DVD programs. But that was a sort of foundation of my um, dance education 25, 30 years ago. And I took that into my work with Pilates movement and body work also. So when I would suffer through these attacks of anxiety, one of the things I could do to calm myself was to pick a different system of my body and drop into it just by visualizing it and start to sort of soften whichever system it felt like needed softening just by using my imagination and breathing. So even though I had no idea what was wrong with me and I didn't know if, you know, how I was ever going to figure that out, I knew I could use this kind of active visualization to change my nervous system, to calm my nervous system, to change whatever systems in my body felt like they were going crazy and bring them back toward homeostasis or a feeling of harmony. So as I started practicing this, it just started working more and more for me in a way that was really profound. And so when I went up having to take time off work and stay home and just try to get better, even though I didn't know I had Lyme yet, I bought all of Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen's DVDs. And she's got all of these different DVDs on the lymphatic system, on the fluid systems, on the nervous system, on the skeletal system, and different tricks and tools she has for feeling through those systems in your own body and bringing them into a state of harmony. So I just would lie in bed and watch her DVDs and then practice on myself. And it's just started to feel like, wow, I don't mind the fact that I have to take time off my business because this is such an amazing education. It's just, it was wonderful and so inspiring. And so I would take whatever it was that I was working on through her DVDs and use it on myself at three in the morning if I needed to help myself fall back asleep. And often it would really help to the point where I got better at it. I got more interested in it. And I started writing down the visualizations that really worked for me. And I could feel the pathways that were most compromised in my body. And of course, once I got diagnosed with Lyme, these are all the pathways that you need to be healthy in order to heal yourself from Lyme. You know, so lymphatic flow is a big one. Detox pathways in the liver is a big one. The harmonizing of the vagus nerve to link your limbic system with your enteric nervous system in the gut is another big one. So I started actually writing the imagery down that I was using to help these systems clarify and tonify in my body. And then I started just recording them on my iPhone and I would turn them on at 3.30 in the morning when I would have a panic attack and they would work. Like there was something about having them on my phone externalized from my own head that was even better than just thinking about them myself. So I had like six or seven of them on my phone and I would just turn them on pretty much. I would have it by the side of my bed. So at four 30 in the morning, three in the morning, I could turn them on and I would fall back asleep and sleep till six or seven, which was 
a game changer in my healing process because finally I was getting the amount of sleep that I needed for my body to start to self-heal. 100% huge. Yeah. This is amazing. So yeah, I want to find out, get a little example of how you do this. And with that, we're going to take a quick break for the weekly challenge. Welcome to our weekly challenge segment where we arm you with new tools each week to kick some self-care butt. As you explore all of these new options presented weekly, my hope is that you will come to collect a number of quick ways to take care of yourself inside and out. You will essentially have your very own and very handy self-care toolkit. Some of the challenges may not work for you and some will seem perfectly tailored to you. We are building up your defenses, inspiring your mind, body, and spirit toward total wellness. Keep in mind that the goal is always progress, not perfection. The only rule is that you are never allowed to beat yourself up. Keep me posted on your progress. Stay accountable. It helps. Okay, let's hit this week's challenge. Okay, so this week's weekly challenge is Shona, take it away. Okay, so... Anyone can do this kind of visualization work on their own body. All it takes is willingness and imagination. And I had a teacher once, not Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen, but another woman who was teaching um, subtle body work. And she said, who cares if it's just your imagination? Just follow your imagination into the body and see what you feel and see what you notice and go from there. And that's all there is to it. So the weekly challenge that I thought of was to imagine your lymphatic system in your brain. And I'll tell you a little bit about the lymph system in the brain. I'm not an anatomist, mm -hmm. so I don't have it perfect. But okay, so your intracellular fluid in your brain is fluid that comes out of the circulatory system, the blood flow, and floats around between the cells. And some of it does get picked back up by the lymphatic drainage system, which then flows down through the brain and gets collected in lymph nodes, which are found in the neck and then eventually deposited back into your circulatory system in the heart. So if you want to visualize your own lymph system clearing your brain, all you, what you can do is just imagine the flow of a spring rain. It's like, to me, it just feels like a silvery, trickling, sort of beautifully clear crystalline rainfall that flows through the brain tissue, picking up any detritus, any waste, any lime spirochetes that are hiding out in the fluid and draining them through the brain and into the lymph nodes where they're broken down and turned into harmless proteins that are then excreted. In terms of visualizing that, I would say you lie down, you can use your hands on your own face and your own scalp and just really gently draw sort of little trickling flow patterns down across your face or across your scalp and visualize a spring rain cleansing your brain and taking all viruses, all bacteria, all waste away to leave your brain clean and clear. Wow. And a few minutes a day will work to improve your lymphatic flow. Absolutely. And that's what's so amazing to me about this kind of visualization work is the body responds immediately to your thoughts. It's pure magic as far as I'm concerned. It's like when I'm working with a client and I have my hands on their head and I ask them to start visualizing the lymph, just like I just described, I feel everything change inside their brain. It's super amazing and it's literal. It's, it's immediate. So even if you're a person who's not used to doing this kind of imaginative work in your own body, you can just trust that it's making good changes and just go with your imaginative flow and it will work. Mm -hmm. And let's talk a little bit about the lymph system more. I mean, I love this exercise and I'm definitely this weekly challenge and I'm definitely going to be doing it because I know okay. lymphatic drainage is super it's huge. important. Huge. It's huge for Lyme headaches. It's huge for cognitive issues. Yeah. It's huge for pretty much any illness. You need your lymphatic system. I think that's system. true. You yeah. need your lymphatic system to be draining. Yeah. And a lot of times what happens to people with Lyme is that their lymph system isn't draining. Yeah, right. So right. can you, I don't know if you can, maybe you can't, but can you talk a little bit about what happens when the, when the, when the lymph system isn't draining and why it's so important that it does? Um, I might not be the very best person to talk about this, but I can try. Okay. So the lymphatic system does not have a pump like your blood flow does. It's we pump it through movement. So we have to do it for ourselves. And 
the lymphatic system goes through your entire body, starting with your feet and hands and, and your head, and it flows toward the heart from those places. And then when it collects into lymph nodes, that's where the white blood cells and different um, organisms clean up the viruses and bacteria by breaking them down and clean up large proteins so that you can excrete them through your intestines, basically, or through sweating, probably, too. Right. So when the lymph is clogged, your body can't get rid of crap. Basically, it's like another way to feel toxic. So like in my brain, if my lymph isn't flowing, what it feels like to me is pressure. And um, like it just feels like clogging. You know, there's I can feel it in my brain when there's a stuck chunk of tissue where the fluid just is not moving through and it it will start to hurt. Eventually, it'll start to feel like a headache. Right. And so we need movement. Right. Yes. Like so you need to be walking or there's a there's another lymph drainage exercise you can do if you can't walk, lie on your back yeah. and kind of bicycle. With your feet up. Yes. Yeah. With your feet up. Um, and you can uh, give yourself some lymph massages at home. Yeah. You can do dry brushing. That is supposedly really good, although I've never done it. Dry I brushing. Like I should do it. It does yeah. work. It does get things, the energy moving for sure. Yeah. Um, Infrared even saunas. just visualizing it, really, I can say that it really works. It really does work. And if you stick your feet up the wall while you're visualizing it, so much the better. Oh, great. I love it. I love it. And the lymphatic system, again, it's just so important to anything you're fighting. Anything yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so I love this and I'll be doing it for sure. And I Great. have, and your meditations are available on your website for purchase. And you have one... Um, free one for people to get into relaxation and your voice is so soothing mm, and thanks. the meditations are long enough so that one can fall back asleep to them. And there is one for lymphatic flow. It's nice and long. It's like 26 minutes. Yes. So there's so, a special one for the lymph. Right. And there's one for um, the immune system, which yep. I love because uh, I always need the strength in my immune system. Yes. Um, and there's some for anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. There's anxiety, immunity, detoxification pathways, the uh, thyroid, pituitary, adrenals, the lymph. Cra and there's one just for cranial symptoms, which has more to do with the eyes and ears mm. and, that, and the bones of the skull. So that one also helps with Lyme headaches. So good. You recently also, let's move on from this. You recently okay. had your amalgams out. Your amalgam filling. I did. That was big just a month ago. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that you had posted on Instagram asking if it was useful to any people with Lyme disease to get their amalgams out. Just for the listener, amalgams are the silver fillings in your, uh, if you had ever had cavities in your life, they're the silver fillings that have mercury in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, that <laughs> they actually, Thanks for that. They actually still give these um, silver fillings today. Yep, they do. Which is just crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and I had two big ones that I also had removed in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In Indonesia, while I was there for treatment, I oh, also wow. got my amalgams taken out. And oh, God, I am so grateful I did. Me I suggest too. every client I have does that, make sure they get them out. It's an, it's a totally important part of healing from. Lyme disease to get any extra metal out of your body. Yeah. So I didn't even realize how important it was going to be, but I can't believe how much better I feel now. Right. And so have you had your heavy metals tested? Did you know if you were? No, I never did t do the testing. I just figured I had seven silver fillings, two of which were <gasps> enormous. Oh my, my gosh, head. you had so seven. I was, I was like, why bother testing? You know, I have mercury. So I just went ahead and had them all removed. Maybe I'll test for metals, I don't know, in a couple of months or six months or so. I'm not sure, but I'll wait until I feel like I've detoxed it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the process because this is a big, this is a big deal for, yes. for people to get their amalgams removed. Um, it's expensive and it's a pain in the neck. Yeah. And it's I not, it's it. and it's not just go to the dentist and get them removed. So right. you tell us a little bit about your process. You found this, a special dentist yeah, there's a biological dentist here in San Francisco downtown who um, I had to have two big fillings taken out and replaced with crowns. 
So with crowns, you have to be careful because they'll tell you, like a normal dentist will tell you that it's a porcelain crown, but it's a porcelain over metal crown usually. And there's a lot of different metals that they use in those crowns. So, you know, I knew I didn't want that. I didn't want to replace metal with metal. So I found a woman who actually uh, casts and fires her porcelain crowns in-house and they're solid porcelain. So nothing she put in my head was not porcelain. Wow. So that, you know, there's drawbacks to it. It's not cheap and they don't last as long as porcelain over metal crowns. So hopefully only one other time in my life I'll have to have them replaced, but I, I probably will have to have them replaced at some point. Right. But what about what about the actual removing of the amalgam? So you usually go to a, spe- a special dentist. This is my understanding of it. The mercury, getting the mercury removed, it's very important to get it done correctly because if you don't, you end up breathing in, you know, right. the, you end up breathing the in the fumes. the fumes of the mercury or swallowing mercury right. or there are all sorts of things that you that you don't want to happen. So you want to see a dentist that specializes in protecting you from that's right absolutely i forgot about all that yeah absolutely they need to have a hose that sucks all the fumes away from your face right so and so there's a few things i did it i didn't go to a special dentist i went to indonesia i went to the best the best dentist i could there and mm-hmm. it was my it was like 250 dollars just to be clear about to get two huge amalgams removed yeah for me not bad that's not just worth it it's totally worth it um (laughs) but you know we had to make sure certain things they they practice there that they don't necessarily practice here so they were very careful Mm. to make sure all of the mercury was getting sucked out and that i was um protected and something i did to protect myself was i i sort of i put charcoal all over in my mouth because charcoal oh, oh, what a good idea because it because it grabs metals and right. it binds them so you can protect yourself with charcoal you can and then i drank charcoal for for days following yeah just to make yeah. sure i was detoxing 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 i can't remember i did some other some other protecting did you do anything else to protect yourself um, from the mercury in particular, I'm not sure. I mean, I started a detox protocol like four days before the removals, which was, and I'm still doing it, cilantro and spirulina and chlorella, and then taking charcoal at night. So I kicked that off like four days before, and then I'm, I'm probably going to do it like six until six weeks have gone by. Great. How are you doing that exactly? What are you doing? Uh, powder. You know, I have charcoal in a pill, but then I've got cilantro extract as a tincture, and then I also just eat. The, the herb straight you're supposed to eat you know at least a quarter cup of it a day but I actually really like it so I wind up eating more like a cup to two cups a day just in salad great and then spirulina and chlorella I just got them online as a powder form and I stir them into my Buner protocol cocktail <laughs> for a really delicious treat Great. So you're <laughs> right. So you're detoxing. I know that I did that too. I made sure that I was detoxing after yeah. and and you try to to prepare your body because you are getting rid of a ton of Yeah, but you know what? It was still hell. I still had three weeks of the worst headache I think I've ever had. You did. I did. And yeah, it was worse than I thought it was going to be. It, I didn't expect it to be so brutal, but it was it was tough. I couldn't work for about a week. And then it was tough to work for the following two weeks. And how how many did you get removed at a time? Seven. I had them all done. She just... Oh. And that was... I know that seems <laughs> kind of crazy and maybe it was crazy, but that's what this doctor was like. We should just do them all at once. And I just trusted her. Wow. I was like, okay, go for it. I don't want to come back either. Just take them out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you had a headache for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you did no I mean look you're doing everything so safely and so slowly slowly at some point I know for me even being in Bali I was just in getting them done there I was just like who cares like just take just them out take them out and like I'll deal you know but a lot of people especially if you know that you're heavy metal toxic you do need to yeah. be very careful with how how slow you go getting them I'm sure it would have been easier on my body to do, to do them one at a time sure yeah. um yeah. Um, but you're swearing by this now so what are the results I think so you know it's a little early to be certain about anything because I think it's only been maybe five weeks at the most four or five weeks 
Um, but as my, as that headache cleared away, I felt so much better cognitively. Like my memory issues are not as bad. The pressure and cranial symptoms that I have are really, really much decreased. My energy is better. I'm just, I just feel like I turned a corner. Like I, you know, this, everybody that has Lyme has those moments where it's like, oh, can I trust this? Or did I just turn that corner, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what it feels like. It feels like, oh my God, that might have been worth it. Cause you know, it's a gamble. It was like a bunch of money to get seven fillings out and two new crowns. I was like, is this worth it? I'm spending my savings on it. Mm. But it felt like it just felt like the right thing to do. It just intuitively, it just felt like this is going to get me over a hump. And that's what it's feeling like. It's feeling like I've like a new chapter, you know, like I've turned the corner a bit. I think so. I really think so. With the with the oh yeah. I think it's so important for everyone to get them out. I think you can't fully heal when you're like consistently being infected with mercury like I don't I mean some people do I think I'm sure I don't know some people do yeah but it certainly seems like why not give yourself a leg up yeah 100% and for me it was really hard because I definitely didn't have the money to do it in the states so I don't I felt a ton of anxiety when people would tell me I needed to do that I was just like I can't um so, you know, I'll link to some of the people like the Andy Cutler protocol and to some of the people that really know about how to do the amalgam okay. removal. Um, I know some people go to Costa Rica too, like if Bali's too far away, you can Or Mexico. Try, yeah, closer places. Totally. I think so, 100%. So, um, that's really great. So I want to just ask you some, you know, suggestions. Well, first of all, you just started mentioning where you're at today. So... Where are you at today? Um, I, I, mean, I feel like I'm in a place of a lot of movement toward getting better. Like it's, I would not say that anything is stable. You know, it just keeps changing, but it's changing for the better. And that is so awesome. It just fills my heart with so much joy and gratitude that, it, that I might actually feel fully healthy at some point. Yeah. It's been so many years. Well, um, you're working again. I've, yeah, I've been working again. You know, I only really took a couple of months off back in 2015. I took like three months off um, and I've been working since then. But and I did cut back again this January. I was overworking and I got strep throat from my kids and I had a relapse, a Lyme relapse. So in January, I cut back again, but I didn't stop working. I just decreased. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm working about half time which is great, but I'd really like it to be full-time. I really love my work. (laughs) Sure. I can't wait to just feel like I can just work and be okay. But, you know, for now, I still need to work a half day and then come home and rest and then be okay for when my kids get home. So that's my... That's my plan for the next several months is just accept that. Right. Spend a lot of time doing self-care. How's your anxiety? Honestly, I barely feel it. Like, yesterday... I was starving and I ate some peanuts and I was like, oh, no, these are a legume and I might pay for this. And I had some anxiety this morning. Um, But I know why. And it's no big deal. You know, it was like, okay, I had an hour of light anxiety. No problem. Wow. Well, that's a that's a huge deal. Oh, my God. It really. Thanks the Lord. And your cognitive function is better. I would say it's pretty good until I get tired. Like I typically have kind of a dip in the mid afternoon, like around two or so when a normal person would have a cup of coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> right so if I have when I have that dip my cognitive function will decline but then if I take a nap or take a Epsom salt bath it'll come back up within an hour or so that's great so how yeah. do you manage you know motherhood work and your self-care how do you balance oh, your big God, life relying on my savings account to pay for my <laughs> self-care that's how honestly like I you know I'm still not working full-time so I'm not making enough money to support my family the way that I would like to. And so I'm spending money that's in savings on healthcare and sometimes on my mortgage. And that's just the way it is until I get better. It's a bitter pill to swallow, very difficult. And I also feel extremely lucky that I have a savings account that I can spend on glutathione IVs, you know? Right. 
And some, so, what are some of the things you're doing on top of that? You're resting, you're t- napping midday. Rest. Yes, rest, meditation, Epsom salt baths, you know, just gentle self-love. Right. <laughs> that stuff goes so far. Just to have an hour every day where I just treat my body with love and tenderness and bring joy and gratitude into my heart. Those are the things that, that help my healing progress. Yeah. And so I take it really seriously that at least an hour a day, an hour a day. I love that. What do you do for that hour? It depends on the day. I follow my body's whim. Like sometimes I'll just take a long walk and just listen to the sounds that I hear and make it a, like a, a listening meditation as though I'm listening to music or sometimes I'll plug, like if I'm having a hard time, I plug in one of my own meditations and listen to one of those to just get my nervous system back on track. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do like stream of consciousness writing and just write about whatever it is that fills my body with feelings of deliciousness and bliss and gratitude and joy or a sense of purpose. Any of those feelings, I think, you know, they're, they're physical. They're not just mental. They're chemical, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking to flood my brain with all of those awesome hormones, oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin, and just flood that through my immune system as much as I can. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. So let's just do some three quick suggestions, three suggestions to people with Lyme right now that know they have Lyme. Okay. Here are the things that I feel are the absolute most important for building health long-term. And it's to consciously train your brain to bring joy, a sense of purpose, and the ability to listen deeply into your body. Wow. Should I That's expand a tall, on that? I'm not sure those yes, are my three things. Yes. Please yes, expand. I think you can find joy however it comes to you. But I think, and you know, that's very challenging when you're feeling really sick. So I think that's why I think it has to be a conscious decision. And that's why I spend an hour a day doing this for myself because I know if if I just kind of let it go I'm not sure I am gonna be flooded with joy you know but if I put a real conscious intention behind that I can use anything I can sing I can take a long walk I can do um, cardio exercise if I'm feeling well enough to do that or I can just lie in my bed and visualize my children when they were babies and snuggling them and smelling them or whatever it is for anyone that brings those really delicious feelings of pure joy and bliss and happiness physically into your body. Mm. And then with purpose, I think, again, that's another, that is something that I think will carry us forward through the healing process is having a sense of your life's purpose, whatever that may be. Like for me, writing and publishing these meditations for other people suffering from Lyme has been enormously healing for me just because it gives me a sense of having come through this illness for a reason and having gone through the amount of anxiety and suffering that I did and having something to bring to the world because of it. So now that I have these meditations out there, if I can work to help spread them to other people, if I can help one or two limeys across the world fall asleep and feel better in their bodies the next morning, to me, honestly, it just makes the whole process worth it in a way it's, you know, it's an awakening of how connected we are mm-hmm. and how much helping each other helps our own health in what, in whatever form your purpose shows up. I think you can commit to it even if you have Lyme and even if you're feeling really sick, there's going to be a way that that translates through your body and goes out into the world and helps and helps the world and then helps you heal. Yes. And then the deep listening component, I just I just feel like that is maybe the most important skill that we are so not taught. In fact, I think we're taught the opposite, to listen to people who are, quote, the experts instead of to our own body. Mm-hmm. But as all of us with Lyme have experienced time and time again, what helps one person is not going to help another, you know? Everybody's body is so individual, but... I've found with my body that the more I train myself to feel deeply and to sense my own system physically and energetically on a deep level, the more I know if something's going to work for me. In fact, the last time I had a session with my medical intuitive, 
I, I just knew what she was going to say before she said it. And I, you know, one thing I was like, what kind of fruits should I be eating? And she said, kiwi. And I said, I knew it. Like I just knew oh, I wow. could see the little kiwi fruits. So your body will tell you. And I feel like the better we get at listening deeply, the more we're going to know about what we need in, every, in any given moment. To the point where I think you can decide which drugs are going to work for you even. You know, I really feel like the sky's the limit. 100%. That is true for me too. As soon as I started listening to myself, I started to get answers. Yeah. yeah. And the I, answers are there. They yeah. are. They're in our body. Our bodies are very powerful. And I did a whole so true. a whole blog post on, on this because people are always looking for the magic bullet with Lyme disease. Yeah. And it's just not there. It's about really listening to where, to what your own guidance system is saying. Yep. And maybe that's Lyme's silver lining, not to say that it makes Lyme great in any way, but maybe that's its medicine and that teaching that each one of us is so different, but that we all are guided from within our own systems if we can tune in. Yes, I love it. I love it. So Shona, where can people find you and your meditations? The All My Stuff is at redkitemeditations.com. And I have a blog and then all the meditations are there too, as well as like you mentioned, there's a free meditation that's on the homepage. That's just five minutes long that people can listen to. Great. And on Instagram? Yep. Red Kite Meditations is on Instagram and Facebook. And if anyone's in San Francisco and wants to come in for a session, Hosti Pilates is also online, hostipilates.com. Amazing. I will link to yeah. all of that, Shona. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. That was so fun. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Too Sick and Naked podcast, everybody. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find me at Jackie on Instagram and follow me at TooSickAndNaked.com if you want some more wellness gems. You can also join the Healing Out Loud Facebook group. Find me on there and absolutely join if you are interested in healing out loud with some of your fellows. If you are interested in my coaching services, you can write to me via email and write to me with any other questions, concerns, comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you always. Have an amazing week, my beautiful friends, my Healing Out Loud tribe. Can't wait to give you more wellness gems and tips next week, and I hope you're able to implement what you learned this week. All right, see you next time.